I didn't like Rafinha for a really long time. And look at me now. Hello and welcome to the Super Bayern Podcast. After wrapping up the first international break of the new season, Bayern Munich executed an emphatic 4-1 win against league rivals RB Leipzig and will now turn their attention to Tuesday's Champions League clash against Barcelona. But will the Catalans still prove a threat after the loss of talisman Lionel Messi? Uh, and will Julian Nagelsmann rely on his veterans or turn to inform Wunderkind Jamal Musiala to lead Bayern's creative charge? I'm Benjamin Scott, and I'm here to discuss all of that and more with my friends Tim Richards. Hello there. And Sebastian Zimmerman. Hi. Like I said in the introduction, the uh, first international break of the season is now behind us, and uh, Bayern Munich, despite having a lot of players return from international break, especially a lot of the German guys come back a little bit late, they came back firing against uh, RB Leipzig with a big 4-1 win. It was um, an impressive win, great to see from a, a Bayern perspective, uh, just an overall dominant display from Julian Nagelsmann and his men. And there's a lot of talking points, so we'll talk about this game for a little bit, but we have to start by talking about the young man himself, Jamal Musiala. It just seems like every single game we watch him play, he's kind of stealing the headlines. And so Sebastian, I, you know, I got to ask, are we at the point now where, I mean, he's our best winger. He's, he's our, our most uh, exciting player. Do you think he's you know, one of the has to be one of the first names on the team sheet for uh, Julian Nagelsmann. Yeah, I feel like I think I, al- I already uh, mentioned something like that last week, even because yeah, he's just so good. He's so dangerous. Uh, he's dribbling. He's our best dribbler. He's our best finisher of the wingers. So it's a pretty pretty easy starter for me right now. I mean, you have to say that Sane hasn't looked particularly bad in this game. You have to also say that, that Gnabry was very good for the national team and also didn't look so bad this time. And I guess Gnabry is also the guy who, well, he's best suited to be a bit more defensive. He's more versatile, I feel, definitely more versatile than Sane. Um, so he's, you could probably make an argument for him. But for me, Musiala is number one right now. I think there's really no no real doubt about that. I feel you would be pretty hard-pressed to make an argument saying that He's not really, because he, he brings so much to the table, and he's just in top form. And yeah, he just fits very well into what, what we're trying to do. Yeah, I, I just re- really struggle to come up with any argument for not playing him. I guess the only thing you could say is he doesn't really need to start every time. I guess you could say that, because he's still so young, you don't want to put too much pressure on him. You don't want to like give him an an amount of of playing time that's kind of taxing on, on his on his body on his on his uh, uh, yeah on like his muscles his his joints and so on like you don't want to like overplay him at this young age or anything but that's really all that I can come up with here I think I'm pretty sure that you both agree that that he's our our best winger in terms of performance right now and also mentally and like everything. I think all, all, all of these things definitely are in his favor. As I said, the best thing I can say for, for Gnabry is that he can play a bit more defensively than Musiala, but that's kind of 
the only argument that I can come up with for any of these other guys, really. And that's just, that's just not a lot, considering that Musiala is still so young. And just if you look at his, his games overall, he just hasn't played so many games in general for Bayern yet. So it's really impressive what he's doing right now. And I think he should definitely be our starter. I'm totally in favor of like giving, giving him days off. Yes, I would definitely say so. Because as I said, you don't want to overplay him. But that's really all I, I can say here. He's, he definitely needs to start. He definitely needs to start against Barcelona. If you ask, ask me if we want to win this game, he's our guy. It's, it's kind of crazy because we're talking about a young man who just a year ago hadn't even made his first senior appearance. Um, so it's just under a year ago that he came in against Shaka, scored a goal, uh, and, and you know the rest is kind of history. Uh, but I would agree in that he's at least our most in-form winger. Um, I think he's the most exciting attacking option, not even just a winger, the most exciting attacking player that we have on this team. And um, he's certainly producing as much a, a, as anyone else, bar maybe Robert Lewandowski, but that's a, a different position. Um Tim, you talked before the game against Leipzig, we talked offline, you talked about how um, you wanted to see him come off the bench, and he did come off the bench, and he gave a goal, he gave an assist, it was basically an immediate impact from him, so I'm interested in hearing your thoughts on on this topic, do you think that he's earned his spot to be uh, starting over the veterans, over, and I say the veterans, the the slightly older guys like Canabri and Sané, or do you think he's better off, you know, spending you know, maybe starting here and there, but spending most of the time coming in late uh, and working more on his development. Yeah, I, I very much agree with Sebastian and, and you in so much as I think he's he's definitely good enough to start. And, you know, when you say good enough, I th- think that kind of does a disservice. I think he's more than good enough. He's been one of our most reliable and certainly consistent. I don't really recall him having like a bad performance Granted, he's he's only played like a full ninety minutes a few times. I think I, I don't think he's done that um, that like as often as as our other forwards do. But when he's on the pitch, he's a really exciting player. But at the same time, there isn't that you know there isn't necessarily that sort of imperative that he has to start playing because he's one of the best. I think we're quite fortunate now that guys like Sane and, and Gnabry are coming back into form and and getting on the score sheet or if not getting on the score sheet then getting more involved and putting in good performances um so in terms of like the mental aspect having that sort of pressure put on on Musiala is like could be a big detriment like if we're going to be talking about our opponents I'd think of Ansu Fati the fact that he's um been given the number 10 shirt from Messi the guy like has like had a similar Uh, potentially like more so uh, like a meteoric rise to stardom having that sort of pressure put on you that probably won't do you many favors in the long run so I do think that while he is good enough to start I think he I I do really like him off the bench um, because he has such an intricate way of dribbling like when he's when he's with the ball uh, the ball is like stuck to his feet like I I know I've kind of said this before about how it's very difficult to describe him without it sounding like it's this really dramatic hyperbole but he's so much like Iniesta and Messi when he like in terms of his control of the ball it's so wonderful to see 
And so to have that against tired legs is such an asset off of the bench. But given that, he's more than capable of doing it from the very start as well. I think this is a, a really great situation to be in because he isn't the sort of person, at least as far as I can tell, he isn't the sort of person to say, look at how well I'm doing. I need to be starting, otherwise I'll go somewhere else. I think he's going to be patient and he'll realise that as long as he keeps putting in these performances, he's going to get regular minutes. And while we have guys like Sane, Gnabry, Coman, who are, and and also Muller as well, I do think that Musiala's best position will be in like in the middle. Um, while we have those guys that are almost objectively ahead of him in the pecking order, he's still doing a very good job of holding his own. And I, th- I think as long as he can keep doing that and show and and keep showing that he is valuable then i re- i really don't think there's there's any problem uh, i th- i think whether he starts or whether he's off the bench i think everybody wins in that sense yeah i i think you're right and i think that it's great that we're even able to have this conversation because you know earlier in the year if musala was performing like this there'd be no question he has to get into the starting 11 but now serge gnabry and leroy sané have both stepped up and uh look to at least be heading in the right direction. Sané especially, I think if it if it wasn't um, for Musiala or if you don't give it to Musiala, I think Sané could arguably have been the man of the match against Leipzig. Uh, he was excellent going forward. And I think you can tell under Nagelsmann, he's putting in uh, intentional effort and in, in tracking back and playing defensive. But obviously the big thing has been that Serge Gnabry has gone back out to the right and Leroy Sané has gone back out to the left. And so, Sebastian, you know, we've talked about this this concept, this idea of, you know, how we hoped Nagelsmann would do that in past episodes. Do you think him making that shift has been, I guess, the main catalyst for Sané and Gnabry both getting back into form uh, at the beginning of this season? Yeah, I definitely think it has worked well so far. I mean, I'm still kind of cautious uh, how long this is going to last. So this could still be just a thing where where he's having a good match or two and then he's going to get back into some like mental issues or whatever it is so yeah I'm, I'm still kind of a bit cautious with that but yeah I mean so far I'm, I'm really happy with how th- this has been going so I think this could very well be a good thing and I would continue doing this because it, it has really worked worked well so far this is also interesting, I feel, uh, because it also has implications for for Musiala potentially, of course, uh, because then you would also uh, you would also have to ask uh, what side he's going to, going to be on on this offense. So of course these things are always uh, interconnected a lot. So you have, of course you have to ask then could Sane on the left and Musiala on the right be our best option? Uh, until recently, uh, Musiala was considered well, strictly a player for either the middle or the left, really. Um, and yeah, this has also uh, kind of been changing now. Uh, he has shown up on the right quite often in, in, in these recent games. So yeah, I mean, I'm open for everything that works in this department. It's really imperative to get at least two of our wingers uh, to work well. I think uh, for a while, neither... Uh, Sané nor Gnabry have been particularly impressive, or at least had been. Of course, Koman uh, is again not able to play right now. So yeah, I think it's pretty good that really both of them have have looked 
decent to quite good very recently and I really hope this continues and if this switch is what makes it happen I'm really all for it. Um, yeah, I guess we also, since I mentioned, uh, since we mentioned the positions uh, on the right and on the left, we also have to think about what kind of implications this has for the overall system because if you have Musiala on the right and Sané on the left uh, you don't have all you don't also have Gnabry on the right who's tracking back even more and uh, playing relatively speaking more defensively than than Sané most of the time or whoever's on the other side so then you kind of have to ask uh, what what does that mean for an offense where you have Sané on the left and Musiala on the right who's going to be uh, the person uh, tracking back more, playing more defensively on the right side than to balance this. Um, yeah, that's just a number of questions that are kind of still uh, up in the air uh, with these changes. I think we don't even completely know what our system is going to be going forward. We had talked about this. Uh, sometimes it looks like a... Uh, uh, like, like, like a 4-3-3 uh, three, three sometimes, or it looks... Uh, like a four five one, or it looks like a uh, three four three, and now it has even looked like a three five one. So they are really, yeah, that this is really changing a lot. And what you're going to do with uh, these players and who's going to play on the left and on the right, obviously, is going to also be to an extent kind of dictated by how defensively you have to uh, have to have that player uh, playing on the right or on the left. Because this, this has not always been a very symmetric kind of system. So there are just a lot of factors to think about. Especially with maybe uh, Sabitzer also playing uh, a larger role. So yeah, I'm, this is still very interesting. But I think, yeah, for now I would uh, I would say let, let's uh, have Sané on the left more and see where this takes us. Mm -hmm. Because I'm not uh, completely sure that he's going to be able to play as defensively and do that as well as Knabry has. Yep. It's interesting that you start talking about system because I think that's uh, a good point of, of transition into our next topic. And um, Julian Nagelsmann's system has changed a little bit over the past few games. But like you said, we're, we're seeing it take different shapes, not only from game to game, but even within games, it, it kind of changes a lot. But I think one thing that at least I've noticed is that he is relying really heavy on Alfonso Davies on that left side. Uh, and I think that we'd be doing him a disservice if we didn't at least mention him, uh, because Musiala is obviously stealing the headlines as he should. He's He's been fantastic this season. But I would almost say that Alfonso Davies has been our best and most consistent player um, so far this season, and I think a lot of that is because of the uh, the lineup that Nagelsmann's putting out and the system that he's trying to play. And uh, we didn't keep a clean sheet against Leipzig, but we really, I think, seemed more solid defensively. Uh, and so, Tim... You know, is, is this a noticeable shift from Nagelsmann? Do you think, are you noticing the same thing, that there's a more uh, concerted effort defensively, or have we just kind of been, you know, getting a little bit lucky playing well uh, in, in the games where we're limiting the goals? Yeah, I think the, um, my, my, well, my biggest gripe with Hansi Flick was that he had this almost like total uh, reluctance to focus any like any part of his gameplay on the actual defending uh his but his form of defending was attacking and it worked because it meant that we scored a lot of goals the issue is that we also conceded a lot of goals as well 
And for as long as that was happening, I maintained that you can do both and you can be successful with both. Um, and I think Nagelsmann's really showing that. Um, so it's a tremendous sense of vindication on my part. Uh, <laughs> the thing that kind of like really stands out is that the the way that the defenders have, um, when they get the ball, when they win the ball back uh, through a tackle or interception or whatever, if they don't have the time, they will just get rid of it. And there's there's no nonsense. There's just a sim- simply, we have the ball, clear it out, get it away from goal. Because considering how t- uh, how intensely Bayern press, chances are if you have if you don't have the ball, like if you lose the ball from clearing it, you'll be winning it back in about five seconds at it, like if that. So that's that's the thing that's like really stood out recently was that. Bayern, the the Bayern defense are, are they seem to be making more tackles. I, I, so if we were to compare like David Alaba and and Boateng to guys like Hernandez and Upamecano and also Sula as well, um, who I I was disappointed not to see more of at the weekend. I do think he's been, I think he's quietly been quite good this uh, this season. So I'm hoping for more of the same. But the difference between the defense from last season. And the defence this season so far has only been a few games. But the thing that I can see is that the defenders now are more willing to make the tackle rather than win the ball from like from like an interception or or just picking it up picking it up when it's loose. They, they seem to be more intense uh, more intent on winning the ball back and then and and not just like instantly uh, going to the attack, just simply clearing it and making sure it's safe and yeah so you mentioned that there wasn't a clean sheet but obviously was it Conrad Liner I think his goal was you know it's just one of those things like you can't really complain too much about conceding something like that if you take out that goal and obviously I realize this sounds really stupid if you take out that goal that's that's a win with no goals conceded like they didn't really look like they were going to be giving up any chances outside of this wonder strike um it's been it's been really fantastic and you know i it's i think i said this somewhere else that i don't go into games thinking this will be a clean sheet but i'm like slightly more confident that it will be a clean sheet compared to how i was last season because with last season bayern would concede within the first 20 minutes i think they did that i think 12 times maybe it's certainly a lot it was it was far too many times for it to not be an issue like it was a it was a really big problem and it was just never addressed and it seems like like this and Sane not really performing very well last season it seems that Nagelsmann's come in and said okay this is a problem this is how we can fix that that's an issue this is how we can fix that and yeah it is it is still very early um but like I in my eyes I have seen enough so far to think this is certainly on the right track. Um, I'm I'm really happy with it. I'm I'm really happy with how the defense is playing. And yeah, Bayern are going to concede goals. That's that's what football is like. Unless you have a team like like Atletico who just defend for their lives and kind of neglect the attack in a way, almost like the the reverse flick, if you will. Then yeah, you you're not going to get clean sheets every game. Um, but no, I'm I'm really happy with how it is, and, and I'm I'm really liking all the players as well. I think Upamecano's doing well. 
Um, and as as you mentioned just now, Alfonso Davies is uh, he's really good. He's a very very <laughs> good player. So yeah, all in all, ten out of ten. Well, there you have it. Uh, let's shift our shift our discussion from looking back to kind of looking forward. Where uh, Bayern Munich will play Barcelona on Tuesday in our first first game in the new Champions League season, uh, and this one feels a little bit different because usually when you go to face Barcelona, you're going to face the best player in the world, and uh, Barca without Messi are, are like a totally different club, and so you have to approach the conversation a little bit different. But I mean, Sebastian. Barcelona without Messi, are they, I don't, you know, without sounding arrogant, you know, we beat them 8-2 just a year ago when they had Messi. Um, so going there, facing this club without Lionel Messi, is there really a lot for Bayern to be scared of? Yeah, no, I would, I would really say no. This is really a different team, uh, but even, I think even with Messi, scared is definitely not what... A club like Bayern Munich should be facing facing uh, Barcelona, but yeah, this is definitely a changed team. I think I would. I feel like even since their last game, it this is a changed team. I mean, it was a changed team at the beginning, basically of the season, uh, but it has changed even more now. Not only Messi is missing, but from their last lineup, uh, even Griezmann is gone now. Amazon Royal is gone now, Braithwaite is injured, and several other people are injured. So we are facing this Barcelona not even uh, with like their best 11, right? So we also need to take that into account here. They basically have no uh, right fullback right now. Uh, Dembélé can't play, Aguero can't play, Braithwaite can't play. Wow. Uh, maybe I'm even forgetting people because I'm not even sure if all of them uh, well are already registered. I think I heard they are, but I don't know. <laughs> there are so many people that that hadn't been registered like at the beginning of this season. So, well, who knows really? This is going to be weird because this is not going to feel much like uh, like Barcelona of old. This is going to still going to be a good team. This is still going to feel like a good team i'm sure but it's just so different and of course like anyway you look at this bayern are the favorites here uh i think when you look at uh when you look at transfermarkt.de or something to just get a, a very well on the one hand get a like a neutral perspective not a bayern fan perspective because obviously i know much more about about our team that, uh, than, uh, than I know about their team. So, of course, as a Bayern fan, you're kind of biased like that. But, well, if, if I'm looking at uh, what Transfermarkt.de says, this Bayern team is like 180 million more expensive than this Barcelona team. And that already t- tells you quite a lot, I feel. Uh, yeah, no reason to be scared. We should be the better team. We should be the team that where the players have more automatisms where where they have played together more where just things already click more than with this Barcelona team that has changed so much even within this season and then also that their last match uh, like has has been cancelled that has to be rescheduled so I don't even expect them to be in like any kind of rhythm there which is going to make things even more tough on them yeah well it's really it, it should be 
very clear that that Bayern is definitely the favorite. That definitely are the favorites here, and our goal should be to win this. Well, not necessarily like last time, but kind of decisively, not like one one nil or something like that. And we should we should play like the favorites, and we should be able to pull it off. I would say. Yeah, I would agree. Um, they did just recently bring in Luke de Jong, but yeah, I mean, when you look at the the, the probable lineup, Memphis Depay, I think, is obviously a great player. He's the one that you would highlight as, you know, watch out for this guy. He's talented. Um, he can play many different positions. And Sufati is incredible uh, as well. Um, Franca de Jong is a good midfielder. Um, and then Tristegen is obviously a great goalkeeper, but Beyond that, uh, this isn't really the same Barcelona. Like you said that you, you know, when you say Barcelona, you think of this great team, this great club, um, and not only just from losing Messi, but from uh, losing other players and then having players injured. Like you said, this isn't the sort of same spectacle that you would think. Um, And so I guess my worry might be that Bayern go there with sort of that mentality and this ends up being... Um, not as big of a win as it should be because they don't feel like they have to step up to the uh, to the plate. But Tim, I'm interested to hear your perspective on this Barcelona club. Yeah, it's hilarious, isn't it? Uh, it's it's just it's just really funny. I I can't not look at that whole situation and and laugh. <laughs> it's it's incredible, and ultimately that is probably the biggest fear is that Bayern go into this with any sense of complacency because they have done that before and it's it's never it's never good like it, so if we okay if we were to compare the two um like the two most recent Champions League wins that Bayern have had in um in the 2020 was it 20 yeah 2020 and 2013 in 2020 we didn't lose or draw a game we we won all of them which is the only time that's ever been done which is really quite astonishing in 2013 though i think a lot of people would possibly myself included would possibly favor that side to win against that to win against the Bayern team from a couple of seasons ago the issue though is that that Bayern side lost to Barté Borisov in the in the group stage they lost 2-0 to Arsenal and very nearly got knocked out. The team is almost objectively, no, it is objectively better than the Barcelona squad. Like from top to bottom, I think Neuer is a better keeper than Tostegen. I think our entire backline is better than, than their backline. I think like Alfonso Davies is better than Jordi Alba. I think Kimmich is better than De Jong. I am going to be biased, but it's it's kind of hard to not to not really see Bayern as the favourites in in any capacity. But that shouldn't feed into any sense of preparation for them. Um, I I think Bayern need to go into this thinking, yeah, we are, like, they are Barcelona. Like, regardless of, okay, they don't have Messi, they don't have Neymar or Suarez, they don't have Iniesta and, and Xavi anymore. Like, they don't have all of these, they don't have all of these guys. They should ignore that. Because the second Bayern think oh he got this that's when we start conceding and that's when you're you're down one nil after about five minutes or the more irritating one is when you're down one nil 
after 46 minutes and they score immediately after half time. Like these things have happened to Bayern before, just countless times before. Uh, and they've happened under every single manager. They happened under Flick, they happened under Kovac, Heinkes, Ancelotti, uh, certainly under Guardiola. So Bayern need to avoid doing that at all costs. And if they do, they should be able to win very convincingly um, because of the reasons that are in their favour. But I don't think they should be paying attention to them. But I'm not a sports psychologist, so I don't know. Maybe go in thinking that you're going to destroy him. Not again. It was really good the last time around. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, that really that really would be nice to see another uh, 8-2 type of win. Um, maybe another big question worth asking is, uh, Sebastian, you already talked about how you think Jamal Musiala should and will start. Uh, what are your thoughts on Marcel Sabitzer? Do you think Sabitzer should start against Barcelona? Um, do you think Nagelsmann will, will start him against Barcelona? Or do you think we're... Uh, a bit safer sticking with the Goretzka-Kimmich duo. Yeah, I think uh, it's kind of likely that uh, Goretzka and Kimmich both play. Um, because as good as Sabica is, you really have not many uh, reasons to take either of them off the field. They are very, I mean, they are very important like for the mentality of this team. Not saying that Sabica couldn't get very important in, in that uh, department too. But I doubt he can uh, do comparable things already because he's just the new guy, right? So uh, I don't think he he has this uh, ability to lead this team as much as the other two have. So I cannot really see him uh, start over one of those two, uh, which is not necessarily saying that that it's not a possibility uh, that he will start anyway. I think there are uh, several possibilities how you could. Uh, start all three of them if you really wanted to but the question is is that a priority uh, and why would it be i think it doesn't uh, it, it shouldn't necessarily be a priority i think uh, he could very well be our first substitute coming on uh, and yeah that that's i think good for this uh, basically for for this time in uh, his career as, as a bayern player uh, he already got like uh, i think like 30 minutes last time uh, getting a bit more than that, or about the same in the Barcelona game, I think that's perfectly sufficient. You don't you don't have to uh, basically get him in more quickly than that. I think that's perfectly fine for now. Of course, uh, I could I could see the possibility uh, that that he would start uh, like in a more offensive role. Of course, again, it all depends on what kind of system we are going to play. Uh, are we going going to uh, really go all in with one of the uh, other variations other than 4-5-1 that would change change a lot of things of course yeah but I could very well see him uh, start in a different role um, I guess uh, Thomas Müller hasn't been at his best yet technically you could say okay maybe maybe put Sabitzer in there on the 10 for now um, give give Müller a bit more uh, more time uh, to well get get back uh, to the level he used to be before he got injured recently maybe that would also be an option so i i don't think i would would play him on this on on the goretzka or kimmich position but i'm really not against uh, starting him somewhere but if it were up to me i think i would have him as my first substitute in this barcelona game hmm. well since since we're talking about uh sabitzer tim 
we really haven't talked about the end of the transfer window uh, at all yet on this podcast. And what we saw was Bayern signed Sabitzer and other than loaning out Chris Richards and, and also uh, Ron Torben Hoffman to Sunderland, there weren't really a lot of moves from Bayern at the end of this window. Uh, Mikel Kisons is still on the payroll at Bayern. Uh, what he's doing, I'm really not sure. I guess he's going to play with the second team more often than not. Uh, Corentin Taliso is still here as well. And so my question is, is, is this current squad good enough for the season? Good enough to challenge and to compete on the levels that Bayern Munich uh, are expected to challenge and compete? Yeah, very good question. Uh, I th- I was thinking about this earlier, and I think the squad is certainly good enough to compete. Uh, but the, the difference maker is is the manager. I think the manager is the is the thing that really tips Bayern over um, in, in a good way. Um, I, I think that we kind of don't really have much in the way of depth at right back. I think Pavard is still, um, I think he is our starting right back. I don't think Bunasar is our second choice. I think, I'm not even sure it'd be our sixth choice, but that's 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 just another it's issue. A bit, bit harsh. Um, a little bit hard. To be fair, actually, that, that's actually really unfair on me. I think in preseason he had a couple of really good moments. Um, so I I don't know. Like, hopefully he can he can turn it around. Yeah, I I, I apologize for saying that. I don't I don't think I don't think he's the second choice though. Um, I, I think Stanisic is, and the the difference though is that Stan, Stanisic hasn't really played senior football like he's he's played a couple of games and and has kind of done fine but the i don't know with with somebody like Pavard who you know maybe has a tendency to be a little bit inconsistent i think you need to have somebody that is that is reliable uh like that could fill in behind him maybe that is Bunusar. like hopefully this season if he's called upon, he can prove everybody, including myself, wrong. I didn't like Rafinha for a really long time, and look at me now. I think the defense has a, a couple of. I think the defense primarily is fine, except for the right back role. I think the midfield is kind of fine, but there isn't really. There's really only two options for the um for like the the defensive role. And that's Kimmich, who moves forward quite a lot, and Rocker, who we don't we don't really know anything about him. He he only played like a very small handful of games. It's you know I I'm I'm hoping that he's going to do well, but it's kind of hard to like hedge your bets. We've seen Toliso play there in the past, and he wasn't wonderful. I think he can be a little bit hesitant with some of his decision making not to mention he is also quite injury prone which is why he's missed so much um, like so many games recently I think ultimately the squad is fine and could do well to win like if they if they win the league that's good that's like that's going to be a very good victory and I, I think the thinking from like the Karl-Heinz Rummenigge, the Hernes school of thought, winning the league is more difficult than winning the Champions League. Because as soon as you get to a knockout situation, anything can happen. And you can play fantastically for 
for 179 minutes, but then the other team gets one goal and then that's it, then you're out. So I think it's it's going to be hard to like judge performance in terms of can this team be like can this team win the 13 games in the Champions League? Like can they show up and definitely be favorites and definitely win every single match? I think they probably they probably could be. I mean if you t- if you look at the first names like the first starting 11, I think this team is as good as it could possibly be. If everybody's if everybody's on form and having and having a good day. It's when the inevitable happens, when there's injuries, where what if Goretzky gets injured? What if Lewandowski gets injured? Like I, I've quite rapidly warned to Chupamoteng, and I think against PSG, he did the best that he could and probably certainly won over quite a few people as well. But what if Lewandowski gets a long-term injury and then we are missing you know, 20 goals where like, there's no real guarantee that they're going to be coming from somewhere else? What if Goretzka doesn't really get up to like the normal form? Because I don't really think he's he's there at the moment. Like, what if what if something happens with Neuer? Like, there's there's just like a big question mark, and I think this is the issue that Liverpool have had in the last few seasons, where their first eleven is fantastic, providing nothing happens, because as soon as you take out Salah, they have to play. Well, they've obviously they've got like Diogo Jota now, but they'd have to play like. Jordan Shakiri or or Lalana at some point. The like the gap between first team and the first substitute is a little bit too big for my liking. But with the addition of of somebody like Sabitzer, that has kind of been able to fix that slightly. Again, we've not seen him. We saw him for what 20, 30 minutes at the weekend. It's hard to judge. But I think a signing like Sabitzer is exactly what Bayern needed because it's, you know, historically it's capable. Uh, it's a capable option in a number of positions. He can play. Uh, he can play as a ten. He can play probably as like a second striker, very much like Muller in that sense. He can play uh, as as an eight. He could probably play as a six. He, he works very very hard. He was like a right wing back or just as as a winger in general. Um, so I, I think that signing is very, very good, but it's everything that comes after that, which is the issue. But I think if everything goes well, then it should be it should be fine, and Bayern should Bayern should at least win the Bundesliga this season. Mm-hmm. As for the Champions League, I'm not too certain about that. I honestly think, in terms of depth, because that's kind of what you're talking about, is you you think our first eleven or so is really good, and then there's a gap in depth. I don't think we're as bad off as some other teams in most positions. Um, obviously, we could have a better backup striker, but we've had the whole conversation before about um, what that would mean for Lewandowski. I think on the wings, we're pretty uh, pretty well stacked. I think we've got good attacking midfielders. I honestly think our midfield. Um, especially now that we've added Sabitzer. I think it's pretty uh, pretty much where I would want it to be. It's hard to add in another really high-quality player in there and um, expect them to be able to stay here and not be not be unhappy, especially now that Tolisso has stayed. Center back, I think we're looking pretty good. Left back as well. It's obviously that one position of right back that really, really stands out to me at the moment. And so uh, Sebastian... I guess I'd be interested in hearing your opinion on this without um, obviously talking too much about how uh, we we need another right back option. But 
this season, talking this season, not not just for the future, is is the squad good enough to uh, compete on the levels that Bayern want to compete? Yeah, I would I would think it is. Uh, of course, I completely agree with you guys on the right backs on on the right back thing. Uh, I I think I don't I don't really understand why many people still think uh, talk about us getting getting a central midfielder. I really don't see don't see any necess- necessity there. Uh, because with Sabitza now we are really completely set. I I would never, never at all think about get, getting another uh, central midfielder there now. Um, I think the one thing, of course, uh, you you could like improve on a bit would be a second striker. Uh, I'm not sure I'm ready to go with uh, Chupamoting in like a very important game. I mean, he, he, not not that he has played bad or anything. He he really has done his job so far. But like, uh, I mean, I think we could re- replace most of most of the players like in any game, like in a uh, Champions League sem- semi-final or even final. Uh, I, I'm kind of fine with uh, swapping in the next best guy, but at, at the striker position, yeah, I think that's just not quite on the same level as our substitutes would be on other positions. I could, of course, talk about my other favorite topic, Timo Werner. There, we will see. Maybe something's going to going to happen in uh, in the winter at some point. Um, but I think it's not particularly likely that we're going to do something like that. But it's the only thing how I could see that you could improve this team without getting getting huge issues with players getting unhappy and so on. Um, I think. Uh, what's also interesting, coming back again uh, to the formation issue, uh, I think on paper this team looks significantly better if you uh, play three at the back with them. Uh, arguably, if you do that, it was kind of a mistake to uh, uh, get Chris Richards uh, out of here for, for, for another year. But I think, uh, yeah, I think this team looks better on paper if you play like a 3-4-3 or 3-5-2. I think uh, you you have be- you have better options for like a semi-defensive uh, right midfielder, wing back kind of player than we have for an actual fullback on the right side. I can see Gnabry playing that. I can see Sabitzer playing that, and I think we have enough options at centre back to uh, play with a three-man back line. I think that would be perfectly fine. And then if we do that. I think, yeah, we look even better on paper. And I think we are probably going more and more in this direction. Uh, It has often looked like more like a three-at-the-back kind of situation, even if you could still interpret what we have been doing as a backline with four people. I think, yeah, that that might might still change, and that, of course, has some influence on uh, what we can do in terms of backups. Uh, Because... Yeah, as you said, right? Uh, if Pavar goes down, uh, we but maybe Stanisic can become that player. We will just have to see, I suppose. But even as a starter, I'm. I think I'm more happy with Pavar as a right center back than I am with him as a right back. So, yeah, yeah. But I think there are really not many uh, better teams out there. Of course, we had this whole discussion about how good is uh, Paris right now. Uh, this is, of course, uh, a thing that we're going to see in the future. But other than that, I think uh, we can hang with any of them. Yeah, I, I, I'd have to agree as well. And um, we'll get a good taste of not only how good Bayern are, but 
how good all the other clubs clubs across Europe are when the uh, Champions League returns this week. But so uh, be sure to tune in as Bayern Munich face Barcelona on Tuesday, and we'll get a good taste of what level this squad is uh, really at. But that's all the time that we have for this one. If you've enjoyed listening or if you're a regular fan of the podcast, please do us a favor and leave us a five-star review. We'd greatly appreciate that. If you want to get in touch with us, there are a few ways that you can do that. You can email us at superbyronpod at gmail.com, or you can follow us over on Twitter at superbyronpod and keep up to date with us there. All of our episodes can be found on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. We're probably going to be there. Thank you for listening. Go out and tell all your friends, and we'll talk to you next time. (laughs) 